your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. I'm your temporary host, JP, and you're joined tonight by Xenia, Aaron, Tracy, Ethan, and Lee. The song you heard just now was Flip That by Luna, and before that, we also played Up by Kep Wanner, or Kepier, or uh, I'll figure out your name one day. Um, for the rest of the night, we're going to have a few interesting discussions, as we always do every week. One of them being the manga adaptation about the Four Town band from Turning Red, if you don't remember. Uh, they're getting their own manga, so that's pretty cool. And on the topic of boy bands, we also have some discussion about BTS and their recently announced hiatus. Uh, but in addition, we also have a few other things like Avatar The Last Airbender getting three more animated films and a World Cosplay Summit held at the Ghibli Park, which will be opening later on in this year. So make sure to stay tuned for those discussions. But before that, don't get tricked on the way because we have Trick or Trip by Lucy. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just listened to Losing My Mind by Jockey, but before then, we also played Trick or Trip by Lucy and Color Me by Johnny featuring Chung Ha. Now, next up, we have a discussion about the greatest boy band in the world, Four Town, and the manga adaptation that they'll be getting. Let's listen to what our teams got to say about this. So to all the fellow Chinese Canadian girls out there, like JP, Hi. who loves the Disney and Pixar's animated film Turning Red, it was officially announced on June 17th that there will be some extra content launching in the second quarter of 2023. From an unexpected source, Viz Media, which if you don't know, is the largest American manga publisher plus anime distributor, it was confirmed that Turning Red will have an official manga companion titled Disney and Pixar's Turning Red for Town, for Real, the manga, which will be written by the Chinese and illustrated by Kai V. The story aims to take the readers on a journey that primarily focuses on the individual lives behind Canada's greatest 90s boy band, Four Town. If you haven't watched Turning Red yet and are confused by the shift of storylines, here is a refresher. The film follows Mei Lin, or Mei Li, a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian girl who one day transforms into a giant panda, which she soon finds out continuously occurs anytime she experiences any sort of strong emotion. She's also accompanied by her group of friends who was in the movie, share a strong mutual love for this fictional 90s boy band called Four Town, to the point where they dub themselves as Four Townies. The official synopsis, four townies are hyped to see Four Town performing their favourite hits live, but how will Canada's greatest boy band spend the day leading up to their epic Toronto concert? Hang with Robert, Jesse, Taeyong, Aaron T and Aaron Z as they enjoy a rare break in their busy schedules. Jesse and Taeyong embrace their artistic side and visit a ceramics museum. Aaron T gets his fashion on at the mall and Aaron Z and Robert stay in the dance studio to master their moves before the sh- sold out show. Only the realest fans deserve to get this up close and personal with Tween Beat Magazine's hottest band of the year. So who else is a four townie here? What the hell's going on? <laughs> what just happened? I'm not a, a townie, but I, I visit the town sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can 
jam along to some of their songs. Yeah. Anyone else? You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of, you know, when you go to Chinese school and you have a textbook and every week you have a new article, like a new story about like David and Little Cloud. And it's always some little like article about like, hello, how was school today? It's okay. I went to the, what is it? The mall. <laughs> yeah, I went to the mall. And then another person is, oh, I embraced my artistic side and visited the ceramic museum. But then another person goes, I got my fashion on at the mall. And I stayed back and learned dance studio moves in the dance studio. Like this is, it just sounds like an article that you would use to learn. Yeah, a reading comprehension <laughs> article you'd use to learn vocab at um, language school. Well, I wouldn't mind that. They look cool. Yeah, I think the art concept looks nice. Yeah, they look like they look like a legit boy band yeah. that you know you'd fall in love with. Like seriously, damn, dude, yeah. it reminds me when One Direction was a big thing. I had a lot of friends that were into that. What do you mean was JP? Still are. <laughs> are they even alive? Are they still active? They're not doing anything, are they? But the fandom hasn't died. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Sandia. Senya, are you a directional? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Again, I sometimes go that, that direction, but sometimes I go the other direction, you know? Wow. How are you feeling about this, though, Lee? Aren't you excited about this? Are you going to read it? Um, I will read it. <laughs> yeah, the art does look nice, but let's see how the plot is, if there is any. Yeah, what's the, what's the <laughs> yeah. plot even going to be? Like, they just hang out and be sexy? Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm not against it. <laughs> oh. May as well. Funny because I actually I watched the movie recently, Turning Red. I really uh-huh. liked it. Um, yeah, but the Four Town aren't real act, really actually characters in the movie. Like they don't really do much or say much. They're almost more like extensions of the main characters. Pubescent. Yeah, yeah. Pubescent <laughs> fantasies. Yeah. Yeah, they're meant to be your fantasies. They're not actually characters. They're archetypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like random archetypes which don't actually have any motives or inner lives of their own. You know, oh, but now you see now, Tracy. There is going to be life injected into these archetypes. It'll be have, brought. Yeah, they have like music released on Spotify. Which Wait, like good. actually? Yeah, actually, yeah. Released. it's actually really good. We're going to play one yeah. of their songs after this segment. Oh, Wait, really? Are they yeah. different to the songs that were used in the film, or just right, those they're the songs? same songs? They're the like, same. Ah, oh, okay, perfect. Oh. Aren't they written by like Billie Eilish and his her brother? Yeah. 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 Really? Are they are they coming out with new songs for them? (laughs) I hope so. Like I want the voice actors who played Four Town to actually become a band. Oh my god. It's gonna be like a gorillas thing. (gasps) Gorillas? Oh Oh my god. Oh no. Actually that sounds kind of cool. They should they should go forward with that. that. It's funny because it's also like a commentary. You could make it a commentary on like Gorillas was started as a commentary on like MTV disposable pop. Uh-huh. Like it was like all these pop stars are so plastic and fabricated. We can literally fabricate pop stars. Yeah, and then they actually like succeeded. Yeah, and they actually sold really well. And oh my god. They're going on a tour this year and I'm actually going to their concert in Sydney. Really? really? 
Whoa, wait, yeah, they have a concert in Sydney? Damn. Yeah. Oh my god. No, but you know, that's true. You know, you can fabricate anything. It's even happening to Twitch streamers and YouTubers, man. VTubers. Yeah, VTubers. Yeah. Oh my dude. As soon as I saw the technology for like uh, you know, the live anime face thing, I knew it was gonna happen. Like I could I could feel it. I could see the future. <laughs> this is the future of digital pop stars. So yeah, that's exciting. I feel like also <laughs> that these four town boys are sort of meant to be they're intentionally very thinly sketched characters. Uh-huh. It's like a sort of commentary on the movie's part about how when you're pubescent, your hormonal fantasies aren't about actual people, they're about your imagination. Mm. They're they're around like how you, your the archetypes, the ideas you have in your head, your fantasies that you um inject into real people or that you what's the word um <laughs> project projection project project into real yeah yes onto like, real people yeah yeah psychological still happens projection. it happens man yeah like when someone falls yes. in love at first sight yeah that's projection i read shoujo romance to the point of you should probably <laughs> yeah, get it medically man. checked yeah yeah Zadie, are you okay <laughs> I'm having a great time. As long as I don't admit I have a problem, I'm fine. Oh, my God. Everyone has their poison. Oh, that's true. And I think my poison will be uh, the four townies. Debuting as VTubers. Yes. No oh, no. <laughs> Imagine. No, please, no. VTubers please, actually yes. release music. They yeah. do, yeah. Oh, do you think that the mem- the um, characters of Turning Red, so May and her family and her friends, will make an appearance in this manga or will it just be a completely self-contained story? Oh. Self-contained, I think. If they, yeah, if they cameo in it, that would be wild. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just May writing the story at the end. And Well, hopefully that turns out well, you know, interesting story. So, Lee, where can, uh, where can people go to type about their fantasies about these very attractive men so if you want to let us know your thoughts about this four town manga coming out let us know via our facebook instagram and twitter at asian pop nation yay hey hey you're listening to asian pop nation you just heard sugar by young jay but before that, we also played You Know What's Up by Fortown and Pop by Nayeon. Now, speaking of all these songs from these K-pop bands and boy groups, we have an interesting discussion next up about BTS and their recent hiatus. Take it away, team. All right, so on today's show, we're going to be talking about a fictional boy band, Fortown. This time, we've got some lukewarm news about an actual boy band, and I think the best-selling Asian act of all time, BTS. Mm. If you don't mm. know who BTS is, uh, why are you listening to the Asian Pop Nation show? <laughs> this news is pretty old, as I said, Duquam news, but we thought we should share our thoughts on it anyway because it's pretty major news. In a video uploaded on June the 14th to the Bangtan TV channel, the members of BTS sat around a dinner table and they reminisced about their time together. And then they dropped the bombshell that they had decided to go on an indefinite hiatus. They cited a number of reasons for this, including the fact that the members have been living and working together for more than 10 years, which is a pretty long time to be doing one thing. And also the fact that they had actually originally intended for their 2020 song on to be their last comeback before going on hiatus. Instead, what ended up happening was they ended up releasing a series of singles, including Dynamite, Permission to Dance, Butter, 
While these songs did very well in the charts and on American radio, the group felt like they had lost sight of their direction and run out of things to say. They needed some time alone to recuperate, rest, and develop as solo artists and solo people. So, according to them, they're not disbanding, they're just taking a temporary break. But in terms of reactions to the news, there's been a lot of mayhem. In a much ridiculed statement, the president of the Korea Singers Association has said that BTS's hiatus could spell the end of the Korean wave. Um, They specifically said, just as it is not easy to create a second Beatles, it is difficult to expect a second BTS. And so we are worried that the Korean wave will come to a halt. Very dramatic. In other news, the stocks of BTS's company, Hybe, their shares dropped like 25% after the news, which is pretty punishing. Damn. Um, in response really to this, bad. their company amended their original press statement, changing the term hiatus into the term temporary break. And also BTS members such as Jungkook have done live streams, reiterating and reassuring people that BTS are not disbanding. In fact, they're still filming their reality TV show, Run BTS. I think fans of BTS won't be in want of BTS news anytime mm-hmm. soon. They'll always be doing stuff, right? Mm. Yeah, they'll always yeah. be doing stuff mm. because they have a bunch of solo activities they have lined up right now. Mm. Uh, J-Hope is set to be the very first Korean headliner of Lollapalooza on July the 31st. He's going to be headlining that as a solo act. Oh. Um, John Cook is going to be featured on the song Left and Right with Charlie Puth. Actually, released today at the day of recording, June 24th. V is going to be doing some fashion stuff and also starring in a reality TV show. Also, he's like besties with Trey Wushik. So that in itself is a pretty cool thing. Uh, he's probably just going to be a cool, famous person hanging out with other cool, famous people, buying each other padding jackets, that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's all I have to say on this topic. What are your thoughts? First of all, what are your thoughts on the president of the Korea Singers Association saying that BTS halting their activities would also put a halt to the Korean wave? I think it's pretty hyperbolic. You know, know, Tracy, the way you worded her statement, like, was that her actual, like, statement word by word? Yeah, that's a translation of her statement. There's more to the story than that. Um, Yeah, yeah. Korea Singers Association have been trying for a long time to get exemption for military service for pop singers. Mm, I see. Mm. Yeah, and basically Korea has exemptions for like classical musicians and sports people, but pop singers have to serve in the army by the time they're, I think, 29. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've been trying to push that back. But the bill is dead in the water at the moment, the legislation that they're trying to push through. And so they sort of see BTS as this last shred of hope that, oh, no, if we make enough furor about BTS, maybe they'll pick up this bill. Our political asset. Yeah, it's a political move, I think. Because I think it's pretty hyperbolic to pin the entirety of the Halley Wave on BTS. The Halley Wave started with like TV dramas. It started with a bunch of second generation groups. BTS isn't what caused the Halley Wave, but they definitely brought it to a larger audience. Hmm. I'm not really familiar with pop groups and stuff in Korea, but like in terms of when groups go on break and do like, I guess, single projects, like what usually happens? They, what kind of industries do they go into? They either get signed to other companies or the company continues to promote them. And they just do a lot of things. They do acting, they do modeling, they do TV presenting. They, some of them become comedians, like Miju from Lovelies is now huh. pretty much a full time comedian. Yeah. And BTS in particular are super bloody famous. So I don't they think can they can do anything. Anywhere. Yeah. They can do anything. But I think they all mentioned that they want to do solo music and develop as solo artists. 
Make sure to stay tuned here on Asian Pop Nation because we will be continuing this conversation a little later on. But before then, make sure to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation if you got anything to say to us. And uh, yeah, that's it. Besides that, our next song, Blur by Druve. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard Life's Too Short by Aespa. But before that, we also played Blur by Druve and Deep in the Woods by Haley Kiyoko. Next up, we have the continuation of our previous conversation on BTS and their hiatus. Take it away, Tracy. RM specifically said, The problem with K-pop and the whole idol system is that they don't give you time to mature. You have to keep producing music and keep doing things. There's no time left for growth. And I feel like the whole group just have reiterated the fact that they have been pretty exhausted mm. and it makes sense most groups only are together for seven years they i think signed a contract renewal prolonging their activities and they also got the age for like mandatory military enlistment pushed back um, mm-hmm. i think Jin got hymns pushed back like a year or two because they <laughs> they managed to get a bill passed or something that's like if you win this specific order of merit you don't have to enlist in the military really it's it's, it's pretty much just a bts law right Damn. um yeah so they managed to get that pushed back so they could they could release what permission to dance i guess wow yeah yeah huh. they literally got permission to dance oh <gasps> they literally got permission to dance yeah but it makes so much sense that they said that they were going to stop their activities after on because I feel like their subsequent singles, they haven't been part of that same vision, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a BTS person, but BTS at the beginning was all like, we are real hip-hop, we are talking about the real issues, um, the real issues are mental health. You're so depressed, aren't you? We hear you. <laughs> that was like their thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, mm. We make psychological k-pop <laughs> and then i guess you know recent singles dynamite bts uh, dynamite etc um are not like that I so agree. i could see mm-hmm. why you know, rm would be saying i feel like i've lost sight of what the group is mm-hmm. etc it's just it's fascinating that uh, i know it's they're basically the face of k-pop but when they started they were supposed to act as like an, as like an antithesis to k-pop as a whole because they were trying to be like more relatable and that kind of things and they did a lot of more heavier issues in their songs like you know about mental health and the struggles of adolescence that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i think i think to now come to a point when they're talking about how the whole idol system is like you know putting stress on them to produce music and not get breaks i think that's really interesting that they've essentially gone back to becoming part of the system i guess i hope they do get a break though it seems pretty stressful for them and definitely they talk about being under intense pressure a lot yeah i feel like if the Korea Singers Association is saying that you're single-handedly responsible for the Korean wave, that's a pretty big load on your shoulders. There's a lot of K-pop groups, and I don't think that BTS is going to be the only... Like, BTS are obviously unprecedented in the amount they sell. Mm-hmm. Even industry people don't know why BTS are so big. It's, it's really like a lightning in the bottle sort of thing. Like, they sell disproportionately more than everyone else. It's insane. But do you see there being another BTS or do you actually think it's just going to be a bit more disjointed in terms of the fan base? I don't know. I, I don't think there needs to be another BTS. I think that K-pop has enough of a groundswell now that you can proportion that attention maybe more evenly across small groups. 
like I feel like there's enough groups now that are popular enough to sustain like a reasonable income and that K-pop has enough attention across the world to not really be in danger of dying out within the next like five years. Like people at work are always like, they only know about K-pop through their kids, which is crazy to me. One yeah. of the guys at work was like, my favorite album of last year was the Blackpink album. When I used to work at a retail store, which I won't name, they used to play the Blackpink album. And I mean, I, I think it's actually kind of cool that we can, you know, have songs like that just playing in Australian stores. We never have that like years ago. So I think it's interesting to see how that dynamic has changed in Australia. In terms of BTS wrapping up, it's definitely not the end of bts i think you know there's going to be a lot of activities for the members to do in the future and i think it's about time that they had some rest just like you listeners should have some rest from us talking about bts what do you think about this bts hiatus are you just like the fans who are all like please let them rest or are you like the um the media outlets who are like fans are outraged that bts are resting yeah let us know on facebook instagram twitter on asian pop nation Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard Way of Escape by Werema featuring Sun Yoon, but we also played Highway by Ghost Like Girlfriend and 123 by Bebe Yana. Now, for our next discussion, do you like eggs? Well, you're sure to like what we're going to talk about here, the new Gudetama show. So, we have some egg-siding news coming from Netflix, everyone, because uh, they've recently unveiled a new upcoming 2022 series based on the popular cartoon egg character created back in 2013 by Sanrio. This character is named Gudetama, and the show will be called Gudetama, an excellent adventure. Ooh-hoo-hoo, yay. So... An official teaser video was posted on June 12th, which gave a sneak peek into the beloved Lazy Egg character coming to life after being bounced off a basket of eggs and being cracked open. The egg yolk gets transformed into the well-known Gudetama character, with the video ending on a famous catchphrase said by the character, What a drag. So, the announcement teaser was also paired with information from Netflix on how this new series will be produced as a hybrid, actually, of both live action and CG animation. That's going to be pretty interesting. Like the Muppets? Yeah, well, I guess so. Uh, I haven't watched CG the Muppets, so I wouldn't. Puppets? <laughs> is that what or they like, did? Um, what is the one about Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, a good movie. Yeah. Or like um, even the first Space Jam, or all the Space Jams. They're all like that was good. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, okay, that that's pretty interesting. Hope that comes out well. In terms of what we can expect from the story, though, of this new show, um, Netflix has provided a description, and it reads as follows. Uh, Having resigned itself to the fact that it will just end up on someone's plate, Gudotama just wants to be lazy all the time. But swept up by the go-getting overbearing chick, Shaki Pio, it leaves the refrigerator and heads out into the world. Together, these polar opposites go on an adventure to find their mother. What the Wait, are they hell? related? I think so. Because, <laughs> I mean, Gudetama is basically just an egg, and the chicken is just the, you know, a fulfilled version of the egg. So, like, you Gudetama know. shouldn't even be alive. I know, but <laughs> moving on. <laughs> The official release date, um, we, there haven't been any exact dates released yet, but we do know it'll be coming later in 2022. But in terms of other things related to Gurutama, this isn't actually the first time 
that Netflix has collaborated with Sanrio because there have been a few stories in the past that have involved Sanrio's uh, collaboration, including Agretsuko and the stop-motion animated series uh, Rilakkuma and Kaoru. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do Are people happy about this? Do you guys know about Kudatama? Just that friends are obsessed with the egg, uh-huh. I suppose. Yeah, the egg's like depressing. <laughs> Maybe it's relatable, and that's why it seems to resonate with so many people. Oh. Yeah. Like, aside from Hello Kitty, I feel like Gudetama is the next Sanrio character that I feel. The next big thing. Wait, is Gudetama Sanrio? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's Sanrio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the second well-known character I know. Uh-huh. How about, uh, do you know any others? Aside from those two, um, uh-huh. we'll find out when we get to talking about the most popular Sanrio characters later in tonight's show. Oh, that's true. That's true. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but everyone else, do you did you guys know about Gudetama before the announcement of this show? Yeah, I know a Gudeta, but not a Gudetama. Who's a Gudeta? I don't know. People say it a lot of times. I don't know. I still don't know what the meanings of it. <laughs> you mean a Kudeta? No, a Gudeta. No, no, a Kudeta. Okay, now you, you made me say like, it. Hakuna like Matata. a Kudeta or <laughs> no, a Gudeta. <laughs> Is yeah, I don't know. A good eater? No, no, a good eater. I don't get it. Neither do I. You'll forever remain a mystery. Wow. Yeah, it's one of the biggest. Yeah, pull it onto the list. Yeah, a good It's the yellow, yellow egg yeah. thing that's sad. Yeah. For some reason, it sounds like it says Gintama instead. Yeah, may as well. Kind of does sound like it. Yeah, it does. It does. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I really used to like Gudetama, and when I went to Japan, I like bulk bought all of the Gudetama stickers. Oh, oh I don't know where they are now, but are you kidding me? All that money spent. I know, but they were cute. They they are cute. That's true. <laughs> What's yeah. so cute about a lazy egg, though? I think it's just yeah, relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so, but like at the same time, it's like it's slightly um, it's slightly gross. Uh-huh. You yeah. know what I mean? When it says that he, he's... I'm not sure if Gudetama is a he, she, they, it... It doesn't matter. Having, having resigned <laughs> itself to the fact it'll just end up on someone's plate, Gudetama has been, like, cracked open for who knows how many years. <laughs> yeah. Why would anyone want to eat it? Eggs are evil. That's why. Yeah, man. And I was kind of thinking that the concept of the movie, before I'd heard the synopsis, it's like, mm. why would we want to follow a character that doesn't want to be there? Uh-huh. We'll no want to do nothing. But I guess having a go-getting, enthusiastic chick, side chick, mm-hmm. haha, uh, maybe add some pizzazz. Mm-hmm. Better. Ah. Tracy, are you excited for this? <laughs> <laughs> the silence says maybe. <laughs> well... I, um, Do you even have any emotional investment into Gudetama? Funny enough that you should say that. I actually don't <laughs> have any. Um, yeah, Gudetama is, I feel like it's an anti-Sanrio character, right? Because usually with like those little cute characters, they're like innocent and full of life. And, and peppy and big eyes yeah. and stuff. And Gudetama is just like, I'm so tired all the time, which is also how I feel all the time. Yeah. It's like the lying flat movement. It's really great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the lying flat movement. Wow. It's spreading. I know that. Exactly. So um, this movie is either going to be infuriating to watch. Uh Uh-huh. 
or just like very intensely relatable. I do hope they go with the second one. Yeah. yeah Why not yeah. both, Tracy? Why not <laughs> Possibly both? Possibly both. Like Actually, I feel like I feel like at a certain point the second one does become the first. Like it's so relatable, it pisses you off. Yeah. You're like, I came <laughs> to this for escapism and all I get yeah, is yeah. my life story. Actually, that's legitimately, characters. you know, the two Sanrio shows that I mentioned earlier, those are so relatable that they actually hurt like um Egretsuko, that one is about like a disgruntled office lady that just hates her work and hates her life so she sings death metal in a karaoke that's how she vents like Very that's much. yeah that's that's the gimmick and that's the sanrio show yeah that's the sanrio show that's fun it's, it's pretty the contrast cool between like the soul crushing reality and like the ultra cute character yeah it? pretty much it's that's like good it's very good. Everyone loves it. And the second, the other one, um, Rilakkuma and Kaoru, it's like, it's a lot more subtle and it's a little more chill in the story, but it's also about uh, a young adult woman who's just like tired of her life and is sad because she's being left behind by all her friends. But she has two cute bears that live with her, so she kind of deals with life somehow. Great. Thinking about this movie. Is this going to be a movie or not? It's going to be a show. TV series. It's going to be a TV series. Oh, boy. Yeah. But hopefully that turns out uh, great when it comes out. So, uh, listener, if you like eggs, make sure to let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. And if you like eggs, you're probably likely to like this upcoming show as well. Yeah. What does that mean, JP? I don't know anymore. (laughs) Some people don't like eggs. That's true. And that means they won't like the show just by default. To be continued. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard Mo Hitokuchi by Tomori Kusunoki. But before that, we also played Scent by Yukika and Young Town by People One. Now, previously, we had a discussion about Gudetama, which is a Sanrio character. And next up, we have a discussion about some Sanrio characters and their uh, global ranking according to their popularity vote. Take it away, Xenia. So we talked a little earlier about Gudetama and Agretzko, which are quite popular Sanrio characters who now have Netflix series attached to their names, but have you ever wondered where they would be ranked against all the other Sanrio characters? Well, like we mentioned earlier, we have the perfect news for you. Yay! Yay! So two weeks ago, Sanrio revealed the results of their annual character ranking, where essentially if fans around the world get to vote on this popularity poll, which features all 450 Sanrio characters and 26 million votes came in, and we are now going to announce the top 10 most popular Sanrio characters. Drum roll, please. Yay! At number 10, we have Tuxedo Sam with around 900,000 votes. Does anyone know who Tuxedo Sam is? Be an American? Sounds like one. I mean, pardon, Aaron? Did you say Tuxedo Mask? Tuxedo Sam. Oh, I don't know who that is. The Penguin. Penguin? The Penguin? Yes. Tuxedo Sam came at number 10. And I can't believe they have 450 characters. Like, why do you need so many? What is it that Sanrio does with all of these characters? They just want money. Is it just really a merch machine? I think so. I mean, aren't they? Does Sanrio have lore or is it just merchandise? I think they have backstories. They do. Like, Hello Kitty's a British girl. What? 
Wait, what? So. Yeah, apparently. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. yeah. Hello Kitty is a young British girl. Yeah. Yeah. It's they like, all have lore. It's like merch without the story, you know? You, mm-hmm. you typically buy merch when you have an emotional attachment to something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most of these Sanrio characters, you just buy their merch because they're cute. Oh, or that's it. Relate man. to them. So the next one at number nine is Kogimyun, who I believe is like a sheep. <laughs> a sheep? No, she's made of flower dough. Oh my what? God. That's oh, terrifying. Wow. Yeah. So she came in at 931,000 votes. Mm-hmm. Number eight was Hangyodon. Hangyodon is a, if anyone knows, please let me know. I got no idea what Hangyodon is. It's a fish. He's a um, fish. Damn. Literally means half fish. Half fish. Oh, yes. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hangyodon. So that came, he came in, number eight. Uh-huh. Little Twin Stars came in at number six. Seven with one million votes. So cute. My goodness. I really liked the little twin stars. And she has like much of them. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> they literally are just twin stars. A mm. girl and a boy star. <laughs> um, Hello Kitty needs no explanation or introduction. Came in at around 1,400,000 votes. My Melody at number five. Uh, anyone know My Melody? That's like the pink bunny, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Hello Kitty's best friend. Oh, really? Yeah. Who knew? Not me. <laughs> and then we have number four, Pochako, uh, uh, at 1,900,000 votes. Does anyone know what character or animal? I searched it up just now, Pocos. and he looks a lot like Snoopy. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like yeah. Japanese Snoopy. It doesn't even look like a Sanrio character, man. It's a ripoff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, the name of Pochako comes from Pocha Pocha, which means chubby. Oh. Um, fun fact. Next at number three, getting up to the top three now. Uh, number three is Kuromi at around 1,950,000 votes. Pochako had 1,947,000. So any guess on who or what Kuromi is? Oh, I know what Kuromi is. She's basically um like the dark evil version of My Melody. Yes. Yes, she Whoa. is. She's emo. Me- she li- My Melody's rival. Yeah, she listens to Linkin Park. <laughs> uh, number two, second place at 2,300,000 votes is Pom Pom Pudin. Wait, the penguin? Pom Pom Pudin. No, he Pudin. is not a penguin. Dog. Oh, wrong one. Oh, it's a yellow it's a dog. Beret, beret yeah, dog. beret dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, it's a golden retriever with, Aww. I think, a beret. Yes. <laughs> uh, it honestly doesn't look like a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> so Purin was born on a sunny day in April and lives in his own basket at the entrance hall of his sister owner's house. And lucky last, the best favorite Sanrio character of this year is Dun 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 Cinnamoral. Yay! Who the hell Cinnamoral? <laughs> Cinnamoral is a white puffy puppy with chubby cheeks and long ears, blue eyes, and pink cheeks. He looks, looks like, like a cinnamon roll. He does not look like a cin. Oh wait, no, the tail looks like a cinnamon roll. Yeah, um, but I think yes. mostly he looks like um, that character from Magica Madoka. Oh, the one that like led them all astray. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. He looks like him. That bastard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Can we see any trend here? Like what? Do people feel dog? Cat. <laughs> people like dogs. <laughs> people like dogs. Yeah, like standard animals, people like the most. Mm. But they, but 
But cinnamon roll looks like a rabbit to me. No, no, people no don't it's see that? droopy. It's droopy. Rabbits don't have droopy ears like that. Oh, but yeah, cinnamon roll is the winner uh, for the third year in a row. Uh-huh. Um, and cinnamon roll also gave a statement themselves saying, what? thank you for ranking me in first place in my 20th anniversary year. My goodness. It's like the same age as most of us. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to keep on making wonderful memories together with you all. Woo. Who knew? They have these lives char- of their own. These characters have agency? No way. <laughs> <laughs> this is disconcertingly similar to K-pop ranking, like popularity <laughs> ranking. See, what am I telling you? Digital fabricated pop stars. But the they've been that- around before digital. <laughs> so it's ancient, man. This is an ancient force we're dealing with right now. <laughs> I mean, more people cast votes for this than the entirety of Australia. That's oh, that's true. Which is absolutely yeah. insane. Like yeah. I'm just thinking of this in K-pop terms. That means there was probably some real crazy rabid cinema roll fan furiously like voting on like every device they had. Uh-huh. And every yeah, they went on Twitter accounts. Rigging the poll, you know, doing politics in the back. Yeah. (laughs) Making deals. Campaigning. Yeah, campaigning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Knocking on your door, being like, hello. (laughs) We're here from the (laughs) the moral campaign. (laughs) But that's the thing. What do you win? Like, what do they win? They don't win anything. They're not real people. (laughs) A statement from your Is it just like, if you want more merch of them, then you vote. And since they're so popular, you probably see more cinema roll like for example hang your don hang your don the fish one at uh-huh. eighth place they haven't made an appearance in the top 10 for 34 years right i don't well, know like, if it's a meme <laughs> yeah i bet some people are like let's just make him a meme honestly yeah. i think this is just like marketing so they can tell like which one is the most popular and then make more merch of them yeah uh, sounds like it how many do they have like 450 450 i think so they just take like the least popular ones and like discontinue them <laughs> Oh, no. Cast them into the no. bowels of the earth. Yeah, like they oh take them God. to like the back alley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <free. laughs> Kick them out. Oh look! Look who I see, look who I saw working at Walmart. <laughs> you know, we need we need a world world like this. We need like some TV show that follows all of these characters. Where they like go after like, like an Animal Crossing career? Oh my God, no! It's <laughs> like all of these internal politics and gossip between all of the characters. Any characters that we feel should have gotten higher, or gotten lower? Very surprised that Gudetama isn't here, considering Gudetama is getting its own TV series. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, good point. I'm surprised Rilakkuma wasn't there either, the brown bear. Yeah. I was going to say about Gudetama, though. Maybe all of the people who like Gudetama are also lazy and decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sure they're probably still quite high up. If we if you go to the official ranking on the Sanrio website, okay. Something there. Yeah, yeah. But if you have any opinions on which cute Sanrio characters should have made it to the top 10, maybe you can give us also a little insight into what on earth is the obsession with all of these (laughs) characters. I think, I'm not sure if it's a cultural thing. Um, (laughs) It probably is. You can always let us know. We're uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. And maybe we should get a mascot. You know what? What would our mascot be? Lee, you better design this. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> just what, you make little mascots animals. of all of us. What animal, guys? A we should get the animal. dog from the... Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. You just heard Evergreen by Akko Gorilla, but before that, we also played Sincerely Yours by Naxal and Kadejo and BFF by Shell Miko. Next up, we have some super, super exciting news, especially for those of you that have watched Avatar The Last Airbender. Let's take a listen. Another announcement was made during the month of June, this time coming from Nickelodeon and Paramount Pictures. During the Annecy International Animation Film Festival, uh, they made an official statement that a trilogy of animated films based on Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are in development. Although there is no extra official information about the movie titles beyond what these three films could be, Um, What has been confirmed is that Lauren Montgomery has already been set to direct the first out of the three future Avatar movies. She was a storyboard artist for the final season of The Last Airbender and also a supervising producer for The Legend of Korra. Montgomery has also directed some episodes from other animated series such as Voltron Legendary Defender, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated and Young Justice. The original Avatar series creators, Brian Konietzko and Michael DiMartino, will be returning to produce the three films alongside Avatar Studios, a division launched last year by Nickelodeon to create original content on the Avatar franchise. There have been rumors and theories circulating since the release of these news, with some speculation that the three films could be a prequel titled Avatar Kyoshi, a film focused on Zuko, and a film set in the era of Korra after the end of the animated series. So, has anyone actually watched these shows and what do you guys think about them? Yes. They're good. I love them. I've only seen Atla. All, all three... All, like, the whole thing? Mm. Nice. But I haven't seen Legend of Korra. Okay. Is that you laughing, Aaron? Yeah. Why are you laughing? I just realized what I was supposed to do last last year. What? It's it on like last year, I think it was sometime last year that I was supposed to watch Avatar. I was supposed to do an honest opinion about it. Still haven't finished it yet. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, and I've only seen the movie that's it and Koron. Oh my god. Well, I do know Lee, I haven't watched all of it, but I remembered when I used to live with my cousins, they ate that stuff up like candy. Like mm-hmm. every single day they were watching it and they would talk to me about like, oh, it's so cool. And they're doing this. But like, I never watched it. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my experience of it. But that's interesting that um, they're coming up with like three movies. Like, are they releasing like back to back? Are they doing it all at once? Like what's going on? I think I read somewhere that they're doing it every second year, but this is also in conjunction with that. Uh, live action series they're doing on Netflix. Oh it's yeah, I forgot about that. that. They're doing one a year. Oh, but Ethan, listen, you mentioned that um, there were some rumors about what the films would be about. You know, one's Ooh. prequel, another is about Zuko. One's about Korra. Which one are you most excited about out of the three? Um, I think probably something in Kyoshi because we haven't seen much on Kyoshi. Before. Kyoshi. Yeah, so he, Avatar Kyoshi was like two avatars before Avatar Aang. And I think more famously, Kyoshi inspired the Kyoshi warriors which show up in The Last Airbender as um, like this team of like female warriors that fight oh. against the, the Fire Nation. So I think that would be really interesting to see where she comes from and how she's inspired that. 
Um, <laughs> for me, a Suko one. I knew it. Nice. I am a super yes, yeah. No, his character is really cool. Doesn't yeah. he have a big transformation? Mm. What are you expecting to see, see from the Zuko thing? Since we've already seen a lot about his backstory. Mm, yeah, probably like his era after the Avatar Last Airbender series because mm. I think we didn't get a lot of content f for like between the two um, shows. But yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I'm, I'm the same with you, Lee. I know yeah. that they made a comic of some of the adventures Aang and the gang had after Avatar, but I feel like it would be cool to see it in animation form or animated form because there's still, you know, a lot of division and um, mm. prejudice against particularly the Fire Nation. So how do they reconcile that between Avatar and Legend of Korra would have been interesting to explore. As well as seeing more of more Zuko. <laughs> That's it. For those Zutara fans out there. <laughs> Perfect. So if you have any opinions on the Avatar franchise or which three films you might be interested in, let us know on Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. You just heard No More by Maishima Soshi and Kyo. But before that, we also played Compensation by Guangjil Go featuring Geiko and produced by Slum. And Handsome by Warren Hugh. Next up, we have a little bit of a nostalgic little segment about Ghibli. Specifically about a Ghibli park that will be opening a little later in the year. Let's take a listen. So we have a bit of interesting news coming from Japan for this little segment. So the overseas borders in Japan, they're slowly opening. Uh, and some of you guys might already have some travel plans, particularly in November. But if you are traveling anywhere in November, make sure to stop over in Japan because they are straight up opening a Ghibli park uh, run by the beloved Japanese animation company, uh, Studio Ghibli. So around November 1st, they're going to be opening up this park, uh, at least three areas of the park, and each area of the park will be themed after a certain movie of theirs. So uh, one of the areas is the Youth Hill area with facilities for Whisper of the Heart and The Cat Returns. So it has some of the houses and the architecture there. There's going to be a warehouse area that contains like uh, the mysterious town of Spirited Away. So you can straight up just walk around the place and see, oh, you know, cool Spirited Away stuff. And uh, last but not least, we have a big Dondoko forest area, which will be modeled after the scenery in My Neighbor Totoro. So you get to walk around the house that the main family lives in. You get to walk around the forest that, uh, you know, big Totoro lives in and all the little fantastical creatures. Um, but yeah, that's happening on November 1st. Really, really exciting. And, um, and I guess to commemorate this opening as well, they're also holding a World Cosplay Summit uh, on August 7th. So that's a little before the opening of the park. So what we do know is that uh, a bunch of cosplayers are going to be going to the park and they're going to be parading around the place uh, cosplaying characters. And apparently there will be a selection of some sort, I guess, uh, to rank 
who the best cosplayer is. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um, are people here familiar with Ghibli? Like, did you guys grow up on um, watching Ghibli? Yeah, I grew up uh, on Cantonese dubbed Ghibli. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ah, okay. What was the What was the first um Ghibli movie you watched in Cantonese? The one I remember is Totoro. Uh huh. Um, and Spirited Away. Yeah, those Both two. Both in Cantonese dub. Both in Cantonese. How's the? Have you watched it in any other dubbed in yeah, Cantonese? I, oh well, I just watched it in the original, like Japanese. Yeah. English subtitles, but yeah. Um, Is the Cantonese dub actually good? Who knows? So <laughs> <laughs> younger me would say yes. Uh huh. But yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else grow up in Ghibli? Not really. No, none of my head. No. Not you. Yeah, I didn't grow up on Ghibli either, but uh-huh. I respect the aesthetic and the art style, so I think this would be really exciting for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. It's like the least anime anime. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. How about you, Tracy? No, I'm curious. Why, why, why do you think it's the least anime anime? Well, if you look at the way the characters look, they don't have like a typical big, shiny, you know, alien-looking eyes. They kind of um, they have their own character. You know what I mean? Like, have you seen, you've seen Ghibli, at least if not watched them, you've seen screenshots of them, haven't you, Tracy? Yeah, like every single playlist background, I feel like yeah. a rip from a Ghibli movie. Straight up, pretty much. Like, Ghibli, the thing about Ghibli movies, they're all very fantastical in a way. They feel like, um, they feel less like anime and more like children's books in a way. They have that sort of aesthetic to them. Very cool. Like, yeah. um, Most yeah. of them are based on, like, stories. Uh, sorry. Um, like, like novels. Mm-hmm. How's Moving Castle is based on. Um, let me just. The novel of the same name, isn't it? How's yeah, Moving yeah. Castle? Yeah. I did actually read that novel when I was a kid. Oh really? Was it, it good? Was super trippy. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was a lot. It felt a lot more sinister, I think, than the screenshots from house moving castle which i still haven't watched yeah it's very different there are changes in the story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but it was cool it was all about a house like you'd have to do specific things like walk into a door frame and then turn left and then walk into the door and, and like i don't know that was really interesting to me as mm. a kid just the idea of hidden dimensions inside like pocket dimensions inside a fantastical house yeah the ghibli the ghibli movie does it really well so i I'd, I'd suggest you actually check it out tracy Wow, crazy. Now you're the one recommending me movies to watch. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Ghibli oh, movies. Yeah. They're all very good. Lee, knowing that you grew up with um, Ghibli movies and such, is there one that sticks out to you as like a favorite? Um, I think I just really like Spirited Away. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think it was the, uh, one of... Actually, yeah, I think it was the only one that had like a Japanese like setting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, yeah, I watched it with my parents and like, I forced my friends to watch it, Uh but yeah, I like, it was on VHS. I had it on VHS, which is crazy. Uh But yeah, I would just like rewind and watch it again and rewind. That was your hyper fixation as a kid? Yes, sir. Yeah. In terms of like, okay, I know Aaron, you didn't really grow up with Ghibli, but um, have you watched any Ghibli movies? Uh, I probably watched a total three. I probably watched probably four movies. I think that's it. Four movies. I, don't know, I think 
um lupon the third was one of them I remember. oh lupon yeah yeah lupon the third i think that was the the castle of god what are they called castle, yeah, castle. of castle is something yeah i think it was a studio ghibli from remember that that's was the latest one seen before netflix took it down that was ghibli yeah but uh, yeah wait was it ghibli yeah yeah that was i could have one was that was animated by tms no no man i don't remember yeah, by the way miyazaki directed it yeah pretty much yeah hmm. other than that the only one i've seen from them was spirit away a bit of Tales from Earthsea, and I do not want to mention it about Earwig and the Three Witches. Earwig, Earwig and the Witches. That's the 3D one, right? Yeah, I regret watching that. That was a horrible movie. Yeah, I heard that was a little lackluster, that one. <laughs> um, I am a big fat liar. Are you? Spirited Away is not the only movie set in like prehistoric Japan. <gasps> oh. Princess Mononoke. Yes. Mononoke. Mononoke is good. Yeah, that's good. I I think that's my second favorite. Yeah. No, Mononoke is really solid. Mm. Yeah. I really like um it's it's sort of like a spiritual predecessor to Princess Mononoke, but I really like Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind. Yeah, I still need to watch that. Yeah, it's a very old one. Um, but it's very similar, you know, save the forest, you know, big monsters. Uh there's a big laser scene at the end I really love, and an animator I really like worked on it, so that's why I like it. <laughs> Pretty much, um, but yeah, I don't know. In terms of like the only Ghibli film I've ever seen, I think is Spirited Away. What hmm. sort of film? What what would what would you recommend as um, someone's second Ghibli film? Because obviously the first one is pretty unanimously Spirited Away. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Probably Mononoke, right? Yeah. Mononoke, yeah. Especially for an old, older audience, it's probably that. De- definitely, yeah. yeah. It was so scary for me when I watched it as a kid. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's like it's a straight up war story. Yeah, yeah like I think it's one of the most like, mature movies from Studio Ghibli's ever made. Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure, like within the first ten minutes, there is a shot where two samurai get their heads chopped off, like <laughs> you know, at once, like ching, and you see it on screen. It's like, oh, this is not Studio Ghibli, as I remembered. Yeah, it is Ghibli, man. They're, they can be intense if they want to. Oh, now you can relive your emotional trauma um, inflicted by those movies at the Ghibli theme park, I guess. That's right. <laughs> That's true. So if you're excited for this Ghibli Park 2, or if you want to uh, tell us about your favorite Ghibli movie as well, let us know about your excitement on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Let's Ghibli. I don't know how that. <laughs> Let's Ghibli. <laughs> Let's Ghibli. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, since flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. Next up, we have an interesting little discussion about an interesting little new adaptation of a very old classic book, Persuasion, by Jane Austen, I believe. Xenia is a pretty big fan of her work, so let's listen to what she has to say about this. So, if you don't remember, last week we talked about sexy film movie Fire Island, Mm. uh, the queer modern reinterpretation of the Jane Austen novel Pride and Prejudice. This time, though, we're going to be talking about another Jane Austen book that's being adapted into a movie, and that was her final completed novel, Persuasion. Now, why are we talking about this really old British 
book that has nothing to do with Asia, you may ask. Well, funnily enough, it has a character, a former fiancé of the main character, but also not her former (laughs) fiancé. We'll get into him or at least into her love interest later. But her cousin, William Elliot, is going to be played by Henry Golding. Yay, he's Asian. He's Asian. Star Wars. Star Wars? He was never in Star Wars. He was in Star Wars. He was? He was in Star Wars. Yes. Star Wars Visions, episode nine. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. was he an Asian oh, character? <laughs> he was a Star Wars character. <laughs> True. I did not know that. Um, fun fact. But Persuasion follows the story of Anna Elliott, who's going to be played by Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades fame. Um, (laughs) And she is this unconforming woman with modern sensibilities who lives along her family who are on the brink of bankruptcy, on the brink of bankruptcy. And eight years before, she was persuaded to break off her engagement with Frederick Wentworth, a man of very humble origins, until he unexpectedly arrives again into her life as a very famous captain. Um, So now it seems that in this movie, we've got a bit of a love triangle going on between William, which is her cousin, played by Henry Golding, and this Captain Wentworth, who... Maybe, perhaps, wants to try win her back again. So, any thoughts? It kind of is like a... If Leisha was oh. here, she'd definitely root for William to win. Just because it's Henry Golding? Yeah, just because it's Henry Golding. But from Golding. the trailer, he seems kind Henry of... Golding. He's yeah. like stuck-up rich boy. I mean, a lot of these characters are. like This is Jane Austen. Oh, Wentworth yeah. isn't. He's a man of integrity. He's of humble origins who climbed up the social ranks and is back to win the heart of the young Elliot. But yeah, like Miss Elliot. But any thoughts? Like, is this a good turn to be including more Asian and culturally, racially diverse people in films that are typically of very homogenous <laughs> uh yeah i mean like it's cool but like at the same time i don't know if it makes sense like is william actually like a half asian dude no he's not okay it's yeah. it's jane Austen. it was written in the 1800s yeah yeah everyone so is all, as white as you can yeah, be of course you know so i know i don't know it's a little weird but who cares is henry golding but that's the thing is like as someone who is Asian oh. and who would have loved to like go to balls and things like that, I uh-huh. think would have been, it's just nice to see that. Yeah. You can wow, play those even, kinds of characters. Even Asians can dance. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we can speak in posh English accents and British. British. Yeah. British. So. Well, if she doesn't end up with him, then there is. <laughs> What? What? Xenia, you mentioned that this is your favorite Jane Austen book. Why do you like this more than Pride and Prejudice? Oh, Pride and Prejudice is good. It's like witty and a lot of fun. But Persuasion's very different to all of other all the other Jane Austen books, and it's more mature. It's sadder, Um, and I like that. I think it was it was more 
poignant and struck me at the time I read it. I'm, I have to read it again. But that's what I found strange about the trailer was that it looked like just another Pride and Prejudice. Because <laughs> uh-huh. Anna, Anna Elliot is probably not the most engaging protagonist to watch in a film. Like she's meant to be more reserved, you know, like an old maid character. Mm. But in here, she's like witty. She looks at the camera. She does the whole like John Krasinski looks at that he does in the office. Mm. You know, it's like you and me, the audience, we are going on this journey together. Everyone's ridiculous. You know, like look at my family. How how horrible are they? Um, yeah, and then I don't know. I think it was just a, a bit of a shock to me. Like Henry How Golding, could I make this so bad. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sure it'll be good on its own, but I think it won't be a faithful adaptation. I don't think. Oh, I see. Like Henry Golding, yeah, nice inclusion. I wouldn't like have anything against them casting a more diverse cast, and they have other racially diverse actors and actresses playing roles in this film. It's just like it's not the novel anymore. <laughs> oh. oh, oh. We'll just have to just have to watch it, wait and see. But it's coming out soon in like a month's time on July 15th on Netflix. So maybe Leisha will watch it and we can hear her thoughts then. Yeah, we will definitely <laughs> hear her thoughts on it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't mind this whole trend of Bridgertoning period pieces. Bridgertoning? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good a good um, change. Well, ladies, gentlemen, and esteemed guests, please oh. let us know what your thoughts are on Persuasion, the film, and if you intend to watch it when it premieres on July 15th. On our social media pages, you may send us a letter or a telegram at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Farewell, all. Hey, hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation, Sin's flagship show for Asian pop and Asian culture. This is pretty much the end of the night. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's really great to have you here. Uh, If you missed any of our discussions, you're not missing out on anything because you can always check us out on the Sin website under Asian Pop Nation on our podcast. Uh, But if you want to send any of your love to us, make sure to contact us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation, APN. Again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye. Tonight, we're going to end the show with Bottom Parade by Non-Aimer. And after that, we'll be playing Rainy Runway by Kirinji, Fly Me to the Sun by Romantic Echoes, and You're Different by Yun Jong Shin featuring Min Seo. Because you are different and you are unique, make sure to remember that before you go to sleep. Good night, everyone. (laughs) 